You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast is floating out of cloud, love man. love that intro, Jamie. I love the intro, man. <laughs> it is. Super uh, cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It, yeah, it's, it's just fun. Just floating out of cloud yeah. this week. Uh, coming off a, a good high, had fun with uh, Drew Miller last week. Oh, it was week. a great show. We had fun last week. And last uh, threw a bunch of love on Facebook. That was like, it was, it was cool. That he, yeah. Like, no, he, he was, was cool, man. I really like him. It was, uh, so that was fun. Uh, but we were, we were talking about, uh, you know, Patsy Clark and, and, the, and the Lions and then, the you know, how that December 15th date. And just all these things came, all together. came together that one day. And yeah. just the, the fans going crazy and, and, and sharing all that with Drew. That was fun. But the Lions, I mean, there's a lot to but the here's Lions. The thing. Here's the thing. This is what's so interesting yeah. is, 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 uh, is like where we're at with this show right now. What yeah. is this, episode 16? Right? Yep. And so um, we mentioned it before the episode with Drew. Mm-hmm. And I said it. The very One of the things that kicked off that show was that the Lions were the most under, um, like, like, the most underreported team of the entire year. Yeah. And they were really like, I mean, they were as important as everybody else, of course, but they were like the fulcrum. They were the, they were the team that, you know, the Tiger, you know, Joe Lewis does his thing, which I can't wait to go into Joe Lewis yeah. at some point. Joe Lewis is a guy that's a great, it's going to be great. I'm excited for that. The for, Joe Lewis. That part, yeah. Yes, yeah. We personally. did a lot with that Joe Lewis bourbon podcast and this is, you know, we're going to, but yeah. this is going to be like an actual like emphasis on that 1935, which is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. So, you know, the Joe Lewis does his thing. The Tigers, uh, you know, w- you know, win the championship, like spoiler alert, Tigers win the World Series. <laughs> um, but they, uh, but then, you know, and then, and then the Lions, you know, they come into the city and the Lions do their thing. They win their championship and they, and it was, you know, as we mentioned, like on the day they win their championship, the, uh, uh, you know, the Red Wings go into first place. And so all of a sudden the focus becomes, well, now Detroit could win all three championships. And so the entire story changed yeah. from just being like a Tiger World Series to being like Detroit can, you know, change the, yeah. can do something that like no city's ever done. This incredible series of achievements. But these Iron Men, and the Lions, Lions get left out because, yeah. they, because the, you call, like the, the, the city moved on without the Lions. They've it's done like their thing. The, the like, anticipatory. Great, they won. Now let's talk about the Red Wings. Yeah. Like, that's how it was. <laughs> And so, and, but that's what's kind of ironic is, is here, fast forward, what is it, 85 years later? I mean, right. How many years has it been? Since 1935. I mean, yeah. that many. Um, but here we are in the future, in the, you know, in the modern day. And it's kind of like we were, I feel like, you know, like we already started getting into the Red Wings a little bit. And I feel like, um, you know, like it, we're, it's kind of the stage is set to move on to the Red Wings right now. But at the same time. I, I want to do a reversal. I want to go time. back to the Lions. That's what I'm saying. Like we, we, we started getting into the Red Wings, but I, but there's so much more to talk about with the Lions. You know what? And so You've I want to got... do what they didn't do in 35, which is, you know, go back and say, we're, you know, hold on a second. Yeah. Put on the brakes. Yeah. We want to go back and talk about the we're Lions. Gonna, we're going to get this right yeah. this time. Yeah, exactly. you, That's what I'm saying. Fast you have forward. an infinite number of episodes to go. That's so it. there's so much to exactly. unpack. You have yeah. so much to unpack. Yeah. You have a lot of time. So take your time and let's yeah. dig in. You nailed it, man. That's what I was saying. Like, I didn't want to move past the Lions. It was such a great opportunity to have Drew on the show. So that's what I mean. It was, yeah, that's um, and, and so, but I, that's, I would, like I say, I want to kind of, um, you know, put it, you know, put it in reverse a little bit and go. Well, back. he was available, so you exactly. Know. That's what I'm saying. Like, gotta well, give all the, I mean, gotta give all well, the getting yeah, good, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's you know, it was, it, but it was great. We got to you know, because yeah. we actually left off the previous show talking about the transition from that Lions into the Red Wings, and so he was, you know, it was a great, you know, yeah. you know, episode to have him. But I do, like I say, I want to go back and t- and you know, go into this because especially. Especially since I, I'm hoping to get um, a friend of mine on for the next couple shows. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Tom Urich, and Tom Urich has got some incredible stories to tell. And I, you know, I kind of want to, you know, talk about some stuff today to kind of tee him up um, for when he comes on. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we can maybe do two episodes with him at, at least. Yeah, sure. He has got some tremendous stories. I like having friends, and that's the yeah. thing about the the podcast. And when Matt and I do our our other podcast, the the Man Cave Happy Hour, and we uh, I, well, let's take a second right now before we go too much farther and say thanks everybody for listening to this. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. if you're yeah, listening you. to this and you haven't subscribed as of yet, uh, subscribe. It, it yeah. uh, you know subscribe and, and leave a comment. Leave com- comments really help. And yeah, they do. Comments they really help us move up to the you know move up the list. And plus, if you comment during the show. 
Uh, you know, we try to give you a little shout out. You That's know? it. Yeah. And yeah, and then, uh, but uh, if, if you if if you like this one, if you like the sound of my voice, uh, and who doesn't really? <laughs> no, I can't imagine who. They'd be crazy. There's <laughs> the man cave happy hour. <laughs> As well, that Matt and I do. But the thing is that it, it's it's all about the stories, right? And there's so many stories. Yeah. And, and you you are so connected in the research that you did for this book. You met so many interesting people, and there were so many people that helped you and 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 supported you as you went through it. I would love to get their stories too. There's um, a lot of great stories. Like there's there's stories I've got that are like off of the even the the city of champions trail. You know, yeah. of like just of like the of making the story happen, like putting it together. Like you know, people that just. Um, you know, I went through I went through like a five six year stretch where it was basically like I was making a living as a traveling storyteller. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's the best way I could equate to. It. I mean, there was there was one summer where I slept in I I, I bathed in <laughs> I bathed in every Great Lake surrounding the state of Michigan yeah. in the same summer. Like it was and it wasn't bathing like it wasn't camping and going swimming because I was out for the pleasure cruise of it. It was sure. because I was like on the road and it was cheap to sleep out, you know, in a tent living or whatever. In a and living in a van. Exactly. And <laughs> bathing in a great lake when you know it was like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like I like it was it was Sounds a, really romantic till you yeah. realize that you were just kind of broke living in a van down <laughs> by the river. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it was a utilitarian <laughs> experience, you know, where it was like the camping was like, you know, the you know, I'd see people camping or whatever and they're like, Oh, what you doing here? I'm like, ah, oh, you know, selling books, telling stories, you know. There was one guy. It was great. I'll just a quick shout out with this thing yeah. is, it was I was in uh, Charlevoix and I was uh, sleeping in my art tent on yeah. the, uh, in this really just beautiful marina down yeah. by the, down by the river down by the, the lake right. yeah, yeah. The river right. lake, yeah. something like this. But I was sleeping in my art tent because it's just easy because I can drop the tent and you know sleep and guard my books you know uh-huh. yeah. And so anyways, um, there was a there was a, a security guard. Some so I'd come out of my tent for something or other. And um, it's, and a, some random person walking through this marina spotted me because you're not mm-hmm. supposed to sleep in the you know in the marina yeah, you know yeah, on yeah, the grass yeah, yeah. And, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and so anyways a random person uh, spotted officer, me. Officer, I believe there's a hobo. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so anyways, they, I knew that they spotted me. I made eye contact with them, and they kind of gave me this look like, "What's this guy doing?" Like you know, in this tent or whatever, at like ten o'clock at night. So anyways, um. So anyways, uh, so I knew they were like basically going to tell on me to somebody or whatever. So anyways, out of nowhere, so the security, sure enough, a security guard came, uh, walking up, came, came up to me a few, a few minutes later. And, and he says, you know, what are you doing here? And I was like, man, I'm sleeping in my tent. And he's like, why? I go, cause I can't afford to <laughs> get a hotel room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and he goes, he go, he, all of a sudden his whole demeanor changes. He goes, Man, I've been there. Ah. Man, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he goes, he goes, you know what I'm going to do for you? He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I'm going to reach get around. You, he goes, I'm going to get you the code for the, the for the marina showers. Oh, oh. He goes because he was like, how are you going to shower in the morning? I go, I was just going to jump, jump in the, lake in the water. Here, you know? and he goes, yeah, no, no. no, man. He goes, I got the code for the showers. Not He's like, harbor. you can go use the, use the showers. I was yeah. like, dude, you. I was like, man, you have been there because this is like a. It's those small things yeah. which are such a pleasure. You're like a hot shower instead of a cold dip in the lake is a you know at that moment it's such a. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's means something, you know? Yeah. And so anyways, he also gave me a tip. He also gave me the tip and the tip was the greatest. This is one of the greatest tips. You know, that's I how you, thought that was going a different direction. Right. No, knock, knock, knock. No, no. And I think no, he, gave, so he, gave me, he gave me a future tip for another, for down the road for myself. And I'll share the tip now. He yeah. said, he said, you know, you can also, if you ever find yourself in a pinch, if you're sleeping in a parking lot somewhere, he goes, you can, he goes, you know, you goes a lot of people check out early out of their hotels. Oh. So like you can go in and shower in somebody's room once they vac- you know, look for a <laughs> door that's open and then go take a shower in this in a in a in a hotel room that's waiting to be you know cleaned Cleaned. out by the maid oh my gosh and i was like i'm like oh thanks for the tip bro and then i was like i'll never i'm not gonna do that that level hopefully ever you know but i'm like uh that's that's a little that's a little sketch yeah that's what i'm saying i'm like well i don't want to get to that point you know what i mean (laughs) i'd probably prefer to just uh you know bathe in the lake if it got to that point right but it was just funny because he was like man he went he switched from being like an enforcer like a law enforcement to being like Bro, I've been there, man. You know, I, I totally understand. Here's the code. You know, I've got a million stories like that from the road, and it's like, um, yeah, we can dive into all kinds of different stuff. And that's know? the thing. I, yeah. I hope you bring in some of your friends, the people that supported yeah. you along yeah. that journey. Yeah. As you created uh, these three books, Detroit, the City of Champions. Yeah, and this is a good one too. And the He's, players. He is a die. He is. I tell yeah. you what. Is, if there's anybody that's more bitten by the City of Champions bug. 
um, than myself, it would it, it would yeah. probably be this guy. His name is Tom Urick. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to bring. I talked to him today. I'm hoping that uh, he you know will, they'll come in. So all right. Um, yeah. So what what do we got? What are we doing today? Uh, the Iron Men, the Lions, the Iron Men uh, of the Lions. Man, you sent me this cool picture. Of yep. the first picture, they took it at Cranbrook. Yep, I live right over there. Yeah, it's... I live in the snotty part of town. Nice. I live, I live on the Troy side of the snotty, <laughs> nice, snotty yeah. part of town. We live in, we live in the expensive school district, but uh, in the in the snotty part of town. Right. So there. yeah, Cranbrook is this beautiful like uh, art university. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, art university, and it's just an. If anybody that hasn't been to Cranbrook, I mean, it's they they actually like do. You can actually like like pay for admission and stuff, I think, to go in. Yeah, um, you I'm can not tour even the sure. place. Yeah, you yeah. can tour the place, and it's just, like, the coolest place. It, it's it, like, it. these all these, uh, like, marble architectural sculptures, the entire building, the entire That's great. There's a small community theater. Yeah, there's, it's really uh, cool. There's an ice rink. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they rent it out to the public, and then, uh, like, some of the schools play. My boy played uh, high school yeah. hockey, and they played a bunch of their games there, and some of their summer league stuff happened there. So yeah, uh, so it's yeah, cool. there's, yeah. It's, it's a university too. It's a college, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a small college or a high school. Uh, it's, it's a high school, yeah, because they have school. dorms and stuff like yeah, this. There. It's a high school, and so that's where the Lions, when they first came to, De- or that's when the when the Portsmouth Spartans were mm-hmm. relocated from Portsmouth, Ohio, to Detroit. Right, that was their first training ground was oh, Cranbrook, okay. and so they stayed in the dorms. They they used their you know outdoor fields for you know for training around for sure. training grounds. And so that's the photo that we have up on screen now. So, yeah, we talk yeah. about uh, pictures and videos throughout this episode. Uh, there might be a couple of times, uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you always want to go, if, if it's something that's like video or, or visual heavy, uh, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube and, and, and see the other things we were talking about yeah. as we had these visual representations. Of. It was kind of a cool picture. So they stayed at Cranbrook uh, when they first got here and started yeah. training. Yeah, exactly. So they, they came to, so, you know, they're basically the Lions when they first got here. Where you know they're they're like um, isn't there some kind of like a uh, like a you know like a sea creature that goes from one shell to another you know uh, I mean? and like yeah. get to a larger shell or something yeah yeah it's kind of like that like they they you know they came to Detroit and they um you know they didn't like nowadays like if a team comes to a city they've got like multi million dollar workout facilities they get a new stadium they got all this stuff well when the Lions came to Detroit in 1934 they didn't have any of that yeah they had I mean they were just the, I mean it, they 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 but they were the team they were they were the same players from Portsmouth and so they you know the first step is find a place to train find a place to you know to, to you know our like sort of headquarters and yeah. Cranbrook was such an ideal spot sure. And so it was, you know, you know, fairly close to Detroit, and they, um, and so that's where they ended up uh, training at. So, um, you know, dorms and you know, training there and stuff. And then, um, and then their f- their first field was University Detroit, Mercy, uh, you know, U- University Detroit Stadium. Uh, and so they, you know, they used a college football field as their first home. And ah. so you know, what I mean, like they didn't have their own stadium, right? And um, I was actually talking to Tom Urich today, and he reminded me of something, which was that they initially, of course, you know, the first, you know, it was back then. A lot of times a football team would play in a baseball stadium. Yes. And so they actually approached the Tigers and the Tigers were like, at their, and this was Tom telling me this. He kind of refreshed my memory about something I'd read before. But Tom was something he's like, the Tigers were like, no chance. Really? Well, yeah, because the Tigers are in the midst of the yeah. 1934 pennant where yeah. they're drawing th- and you know, 30,000 fans a game. Yeah. You know? And you don't want the, you know. Yeah, extra lines and yeah, tearing, tearing it up, up the front. field and you know, yeah. and the Lions were yeah, like yeah, a yeah. third class. They're like barely hardly anybody. They're like, who's who's the Lions? What? What's that mean? You know, some NFL team. You know, like what's the NFL? NFL, yeah, yeah. You know, they were cause... like second or third class sporting citizens in this case, and so the Tigers were like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're good. We got thirty thousand fans a game coming here. Yeah, yeah. We don't need the extra fifty bucks a game for revenue <laughs> from you guys. You know, yeah. so they're, they yeah, we're good. We're fine. Thanks. We're so maybe down the road sometime. Yeah. <laughs> so they played at University of Detroit uh, Stadium, but uh, in Cranbrook is where they you know they trained at and stuff. Um, and so and so yeah, well you know tell you the after the episode Iron Man because um if, you know you know talk about it from a few episodes ago. You know, this Portsmouth Spartan team had, uh, you know, this this is a team that stretched all the way back to 1931. And Potsy had this massive radical makeover of the team when he first became the coach of the of the of the uh, Portsmouth Spartans. You know, he 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 gets rid of all these players, brings in 19 new guys. Yeah. You know? I mean, all these new players. And um, as we mentioned, the other, I think it was I forgot. The, I got to look back at my notes. But I think it was 11 guys that he, that came with him from Detroit from that original group. And it was like maybe I think it was nine, and then and then five of them ended up being with them in '35 when they won the championship. So it's like you know this is a core group of guys that have <laughs> stuck together and play you know played together for years. They go all the way back to 1931, and so one of the games that we'd mentioned too 
was the 1932 the Iron Man game oh, where the yeah. remember where the 11 players yep. with 11 guys they all played this all the entire um the entire all four quarters of the game and Jeez. they beat the Packers the day after the Packers had beaten or not the, the week after the Packers had beaten them yeah and so they called that from then on they were called the Iron Men hmm. you know they're playing so we're they're, doing they're, it we're doing it with 11 guys with 11 right? guys all 11 <laughs> guys played both ways the entire game that's I mean, that's incredible yeah, yeah Mike Frazier popped in and said go Lions hey, all right like Mike that, yeah so. it's my dude we're international Mike Frazier's watching from Scotland man there oh, is, Scotland. Right? yeah so we'll give a shout out to Scotland oh. one of my favorite places in the world I love it he said uh, yeah shout out to the hi- shout out from the Hibs oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his that's his football team his for the Hibs team. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he wants a shout out for the Hibs the Hibernian that's yeah. the uh, uh, I'll give a shout out for the Hibs we always like the Hibs Mike <laughs> yeah, the ancient order of yeah. Hibernians. Yeah, the Hibs. Yeah, they're cool. That's my test spot. I wouldn't do a Hibs game out there with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fun. But um, but anyways, yeah, they uh, yeah. So this you know this is a team that um, they've been playing together for years. They um, they knew each other. I mean, they knew everything, and they were all on the same mission. You know, they were they had gotten a so close. Yeah, they they're all so close. In thirty one. You know, they got, you know, we, we talked about how they got kind of jobbed by the Packers, but the Packers refused to play them in the final game because there wasn't like a contract signed. Yeah. So the oh, yeah, Packers yeah. won mm-hmm. the championship just by virtue of having the best record and not yeah. having played the Spartans. Brats. Yeah. And so the Spartans <laughs> finished second that year. Yeah. And then in 32, of course, they go to the, to the Chicago Stadium and play the first NFL championship game with the Bears. And then the Bears beat them. The Bears, yeah. The Bears. So the Bears, so the Bears beat them in that thirty-two championship. So they got close in that case again. And in thirty-three, they lost their best player, Dutch Clark. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so they play the entire. So they still finish in second place, even without their best player, Dutch Clark. And then they show up in Detroit in thirty-four for their first, you know, to become the Detroit Lions. And in their first season, they go, they go ten and zero. They don't lose a game for ten. They win ten straight games in their first season in Detroit, and then they don't give up a single point for seven straight games. <laughs> still, still this day, a you know, record. You know, yeah. it's, it's still oh. this day. And so, um, anyways, they, uh, you know, and so they do all these things, and then of course at the end of nineteen thirty four, they lose at the end of the season to the Bears <laughs> and Packers, and they finish in second place again. <laughs> so this is a team that year after year after year they're getting close, yet yeah, but not. They just can't finish. I, off, I, have right? no, I have no idea what that's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, you win every time. Is what? That... Yeah, yeah. How yeah, to yeah. finish it off or oh, how to win a game? Oh yeah, no. yeah. Which one? It's a lion's letting you down. Oh, oh okay. So. All right. We can yeah, go. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah, go yeah. there, but let's, no, no, let's that's wait. That's, 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 yeah. There hasn't been enough bourbon down yet. Mm. All right. That's why we're talking about 1935. Exactly. This we're looking the, for the silver linings, baby. this is ultimate silver linings. We're reaching back in time for the silver linings for this one. Yeah. So. So yeah, so that you know, so this is a team. Yeah. This core group of players, Patsy Clark's their leader, the coach that had brought them on, and they now they are, um, now they are, uh, you know, they're they're on this mission to win a championship. Whether mm-hmm. it, you know, they didn't work out in Portsmouth, but now here they are in Detroit with new uniforms, um, and you know, and they're uh, and they're still on that same on that same quest. And so, so yeah, so today I think we're, one of the things I wanted to do is show a couple videos. Yeah, I know that we're you know with the pod, it's not going to help people on the podcast, but at the same time we can send that we can can we embed the links or the link to the the two because there's you know I, I like on the yeah the we title, can put those down in the yeah title for the yeah absolutely yeah and I, I can look and I can at even you being it. all smart I can I can <laughs> I, I've got a hidden reserve of of computer technology I can put those in the show notes <laughs> yeah, so the like, people listening to the, the notes, audio yeah, podcast yeah uh, if you want to see the, this yeah. vintage footage uh, you can either a find us on YouTube or Facebook and find the video there as we went through it yeah. or. Just go straight. Well, the to the second video link. was the second video comes from a much to, longer chunk. It's yeah. a twenty-seven minute video. We don't want to do all that, so I yeah. chopped it down into a few pieces. And once again, displaying a rudimentary tech skill because <laughs> you can actually kind of see if you're watching. There's like a little you can see the splits where I mashed it. But um, all right, which one do you want to well see? Enough. We got the thirty-four so championship the, so and the I, one you edited. Okay, so the very so the first so both videos come from the same YouTuber. His name is his his handle on YouTube is JS Tube Thirty Six. All right, so we want to you know hopefully we'll send traffic to that guy's to his thing because yeah. these are really cool videos. And we're, the first one we're showing. Um, comes it's from November twenty sixth, nineteen. I'm sorry, uh, this is from uh, what is it? Night. No, hold on a second. What's the date here? What do we have the date on that thing? Is it the, the nineteen thirty? It's from nineteen thirty. The thirty four. No, no, it is. You know what it is? It's the nineteen thirty four NFL championship. The thirty four championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nineteen thirty four NFL championship, and this is between the Bears and the Giants. And the reason I want to show this is because these are two elite teams that the Lions would have to face. And most in particular, most particularly, 
Um, and it, by, by the way, the Giants, a spoiler, I guess, the Giants would, um, would beat the Bears in this game. And this is the same Bears team that beat the Lions in 1934 to basically knock them out. But I, what I want to highlight in this video as we watch it, it's only a minute and a half long, is just watch the awesome power of Bronco Nagurski. This is a man amongst boys. Right. And the mm. reason I want to show Bronco Nagurski is because this is what the Lions had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I also want, you know, also pay attention to, also pay attention to just the overall, you know, the, the sort of the difference between the two teams. You're going to see the Giants that have like sort of an aerial attack and the Bears are just pure power. There's no, I mean, there's not a bunch of trickery. They don't try to do too much stuff. They just literally get the ball to Bronco Nagurski and let him maul people. That's all. Uh, that, that's well, their style. This was uh, supposed to work here. And, oh, man, uh, after that hype, Jamie, just blew it. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get it. We got it. It's, there it is. Uh, now you got something there. we go. There. Jamie just got ba- saved by that. I think, I think. I, I saw a play button. Major play. Uh, I saw a play button. I, it was too. playing. No, it was playing on my, my machine. It's ah. just not. Uh, we got the big black square up on the, the screen there. And then uh, where are we at? Eh, stream yet, stream. You know what this is called, Charles? This what? is called the best rehearsal ever. Is That's it? what this is there called. Yes. <laughs> well, we got to redo the show. There it, is. there it is. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, take a look at this. So, you, you want to drop that arrow off the screen there, James? Is that the, uh, no. It's kind of distracting. There you go. <laughs> so that was there me. There you go. All right. So, the Bears are in the darker uniforms. You can see right there, they threw a pass and got picked. There's the Giants returning it. Yeah. That was like a, I love the uniform. These uniforms are dark, black on black. The, yeah, the Giants were known for their aerial assault. They're always the the Packers and the Giants were both really big uh, passing teams. But there's Bronco right there. Look at him. Look at this guy. Bam. Oh, jeez, he's big. Wow, he's like <laughs> big. He takes like three guys to bring him down. Look at him. Look at him coming around the other side. Look he, at the yeah, size of just, the take, Make the corner. He's like look at, side. Look at, the, look at the first guy that tries to bring it. Bam. <laughs> you cannot tackle this man. He just mauls his way right through the pile. Well, that's how they used to tackle. They just run into each other back well, then. It was really another attack. Well, they, would, they, could, they could wrap up if they had to. But I mean, saying like Bronco, look at him. He's just ripping through lines. It takes Jeez. many. It takes five guys to bring this guy. Look at him. Just get a direct snap to Bronco and let him smash through. Bam. Oh, wow. He just, he's just a mauler. That's, all he, that's, their, that's their offense. And the crazy thing is that he was also he was equally as good as a blocker. He was probably better as a blocker. They would give it to a little fast guy and let him maul people, knock him down, and then the quick back. Yeah, wow. there's the Giants. So that's the Giants' aerial assault. Yeah. Wow. You see what I'm saying? They could run a little bit too, but there he is right there. Jeez. Yeah, but you can see these guys are athletes, man. A lot of times, yeah. these, you know, be, there's an impression that these guys from the 30s are a bunch of wimps, like they're, you know, like they're a bunch of skinny little runts. Yeah, no. but these guys are tough, man. They're tough. Well, and the pads they wore were much less protective, yeah. if any. Yeah, when they were taking hits, they were taking. Yeah, hits. one of the things I can't wait to bring in Tom Urich because uh, one of the interviews he's got is with um uh, the Lions trainer, and he actually makes a very solid case. That yeah. the NF that the leather helmets of back in the day yeah. are were better for players' safety oh. than the current helmets of today. Wow, really? And that's an, like I'm telling you, like it, and like I, I actually wrote about it in the in my third book, and it's just like you just can't like uh, you know I'll give you just a little brief summary. Of the concept yeah. is you know this is actually what the guy says in the video. Um, we'll listen to his, his exact words. You know when we when he bring Tom in here. But um, the Lions trainers, and they say, well, what is, what's the difference between the game today and the game back then? And he says, well, the equipment, of the, you know, the equipment on the players is different, of course. And he says, but I don't mean it at the same way you mean it. He's mm. like, I think, you know, you look at it as like, oh, we were inferior because of our leather helmets. And, and it's like, but actually, I think it was better for, that, for players back then. Because think about it. If you have a, if you're playing a, if you're playing a, you know, a football, which is a collision sport, and you have a, and you have a, uh, you know, what's better to get hit by? What's mm. better to get hit by? A soft shell, a leather helmet with like sort of a hard leather shell with mm-hmm. a soft padding in the middle of it, or a plastic helmet, you know what I mean? A solid plastic helmet with a steel face mask. Yeah. What's better for the opposing player to get hit by? Right, right. You know what I mean? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like you're wearing like a torpedo on your head. Sure. You're wearing a, a, you know, like a knight suit of armor basically with that helmet. And so what it also does for the player that's wearing the helmet, is that it gives them a false sense of security that they can just dive into a pile because their face isn't going to get mangled. Right. But when, and so you could, you know, so, so you're leading with your head, you're leading with your face in some cases. But back in the day, if you didn't have a face mask, 
it prevented you from leading like with you know you, it's your, your natural governor switch to keep your face from getting mangled. Yeah. Right. So you would turn your face when you made the tackle, so you wouldn't have these just raucous smash mouth collisions. Yeah. It would be like you know more wrapping up to avoid your face getting caved in. So what do we have now? Unnecessary roughness. Yeah. Fifteen yards. Now they have yeah. to legislate everything yeah. in the game. They have to say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Back then. You know, I mean, they had 27-man rosters, and it was roughneck, man. I yeah. mean, they're dragging people down by the necks. So, I mean, they're, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so at the very least, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a interesting, you know, um, argument. It's an interesting debate to have. Yeah. Um, I've actually had the debate with modern day fans and they get actually kind of pretty upset. They're like, mm. you know, people get mad about it. They're like, well, how dare you think that the bass is better than today? And you're like, dude, it's an argument. We're trying to make a conversation here. Um, but at the very least, it is a potential, you know, like there are all these concussions in the NFL today. Um, you know, what if the answer to that question is, is to go back and, um, you know, go back to the past and wear leather helmets? I mean, what if that, uh, you know what uh, I mean? Like, what if that was the answer to that question? That would be beautiful. I yeah. mean, how amazing would that oh, be? Oh, my know? gosh. But, the, you know, the evolution of the helmet, yeah. just one last little point on it, the evolution of the football helmet, you can actually see it when you're, like, reading the history of all these different, you know, NFL teams or whatever. You can see it, like, in 36, 37, you start to see players wearing these small little plastic um, face mask bars. Yeah. Just a small, it was plastic. And they, uh, and you're, you're, they're no doubt wearing it because maybe they got their nose broken yeah. in a game. And so now they're wearing this place, this plastic bar to protect their face. But now when they're wearing this plastic bar, they're breaking other people's face. Yeah. Right. You know? And so now they got to wear a bar to protect their face from the other bar. And as you can see the evolution, it didn't necessarily evolve. I mean, they played without face masks for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy we're going to see in the next video. There's a guy named Bill Hewitt. He didn't wear a helmet at all. <laughs> He didn't wear it. You'll see him. He's all over the field. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's a friggin' Hall of Famer. <laughs> that's a man's man. Yeah, he didn't wear a helmet at all. And that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys, um, you know, like, they, we, a lot of times we look with our modern-day eyes, yeah. and when we look at the past, we see, like, like, oh, my God, look at that primitive equipment. Right. You know, look at that, how primitive that stuff is. Yeah. But what? But maybe it wasn't primitive. Maybe they had it right. Maybe we fixed something that was never broke. Mm -hmm. Maybe the evolution that the, the game took with wearing face masks and all this stuff wasn't necessarily the the right trajectory. You know, like it went on. You know, it wasn't an evolution at all. It was just a, the way that it went. It wasn't necessarily the way that it you know that it should have stayed. I right. guess. And so interesting. It's something to think about. And uh, like I say, when Tom comes in, we'll we'll dive even deeper to that, yeah. to that conversation. Thanks so, for that. Yeah. So. Uh, every once in my every once in a while my tangents will pay off a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look it up on a tangent every once in a while, I'll get a little gem of something to think about. You know? But these they, they they were Iron Man. It was just Oh, this is Iron Man. This is they called the Iron Man. That's rockets. their nicknames. Yeah. Like they're not like, oh, he had an Iron Man game. No, like they are the Iron Man. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, this the is same fly. eleven guys every play four for a game quarters. and beat the Packers. Right. Who, were the, who, were the, who were the defending NFL champions at uh, that point? That's crazy. So yeah, so that's the team that we're talking about. So anyway, so that's why that video was good because it showed. Um, and I hope I narrated well enough yeah. for the viewer for the you know podcasters. Oh, yeah. sure. I thought it was pretty good. It was my first little sports casting moment. I was <laughs> kind of digging it. The play by play. Yeah, by Charles I liked it. Yeah, yeah. So the I next video it. we're gonna tee yeah. up. But this is a little bit longer. This is a six minute video. Okay. But this is a great little. This comes from 1936, um, which is obviously the year after the Lions. Uh, again, spoiler alert: they won their first championship. Um, <laughs> and so. So this is after that season. So this is basically the same team. Most of these guys are the same guys. Um, and what, and the reason I want to show this is because they're actually playing the Bears in this 1936 game. The date, and again, this comes from JS Tube 36. The, the full video, go look at his thing. It's an awesome 26 minute video. But I basically spliced together like a six minute, so the three of my favorite, like, uh, basically a total of six minutes, uh, clips. And, um, and so, uh, um, and so this game comes from, so that to, to find it, if you can't, you know, in case we don't embed it right, it's uh, November 26th, 1936, Bears versus Lions. The Lions would end up winning this game 13 to 7. All and right. Jamie, before, I'm gonna you, roll it. Okay, before you start it, yeah. actually, uh, your, your friend, Mr. Mike Frazier, actually uh, did comment. And he had the same thought that I did from watching that first video. It looked a lot like rugby, the way yeah. they were tossing yeah. the ball around. Oh, yeah. And even Mike was like, oh, hashtag rugby, dude. Yeah, a little so, bit. You know, I think there's a clip on this thing, too, where you're going to see a little bit more rugby on this. I, I think you're going to see another one of those things, too, because it was, it was a regular thing for them to lateral the ball and pitch it on yeah. a play. Like they'd get an interception and they'd keep up, try to keep the play going as long as yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah so, All right, so I'm going to roll this. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so we're, yeah, so so right there, there's a flag right there. You, so we see the flag hanging from the banner. You'll see it unfurl there in a second. Yeah, Detroit Lions, 1935 World Champions. World That's a great little. Flag so where are they playing? Where is this game being played? At? This is played at University of Detroit. 
Oh, okay. Yep. And so, so you're going to see just there's a little bit of action going back and forth. So what the the first little couple minutes here, what we're going to focus on, the reason I splice is because you're going to see the way the Bears handled Bronco, or the way the Lions handled Bronco Nagurski. There, Bronco's got the ball right now. You see how they the first guy clips him and then they bring him down right there right. in the backfield. This is how the Lions handle Bronco. Bronco's going to get the ball again. Here he is right there. Right. Bronco's we, got the ball. Look at it. Wrap wow. tackle around the ankles. One guy brings him down in the backfield. Beautiful and, tackle. That's how they handled him. Here, so here it is. Here's a, here's a uh, pitch to this guy to go throw. It's quarterback sack. That's the Lions nice. defense. They were tenacious. Uh, wow. Yeah, there's that defense on them. So they're punting. Lions are about to get the ball. Um, and this, and this is the next thing I want to show is watch how the Lions offense works. The Lions offense is just like, it's, it's totally different than the Bears. It's like a machine. Actually, they're going to get it here in a second. There's du- here's where one right. pass by the Bears, and this next one is going to be an interception by the uh, Chicago quarterback. So, actually, Dutch Clark gets this. There he is right there. Dutch's got the interception. So, Dutch is the quarterback, and he's in the def- on defense just getting an interception. So, now the Lions have the ball? Yeah, so now the Lions have the ball. And watch just watch the wheeling and like the players spinning around in that inside the team. You don't even have any idea where the ball is going. <laughs> it's totally different than the Bears. What the is- Bears were an assault offense. These guys are spinning around and going in all these different misdirections. The camera can't even follow who has the ball. Watch. Lions just punted? Yeah, they just punted there right there. But you'll see there's another um, section coming up about yeah. that. Yeah. But like I say, if you go back and watch if you especially go back and watch this video, you're going to see it. They spin around, they move around, and the and you just never know where the fumble, ball's going. Fumble. Fumble. You just never know where the ball's going. This is a, this right here. This is coming up. There's, you're going to see as soon as the Lions get the ball back in this video, you're going to see a really nice drive. The Lions are going to drive all the way down the field, and you're going to see. Pay particular attention to the to the back play. Yeah. To the to the way the backs spin bah. around. The way the backs spin around, you're going to see guys coming from all over the different directions. Really, the two guys that really pay attention to are number one and number seven. There's seven right there. Dutch Clark getting about a five yard gain. I so, got to tell you, the ref looks like he's ready to go play a round of golf. Yeah, I, I got to say. Yeah, it's a. I love that you refs. You know, <laughs> all yeah. So check this out, right? So you see all these spinners and stuff. You don't even know where the ball's going. So they were a total misdirection team. They were all about coaching. They were all about discipline and knowing where to run. So you don't like it's it's like it's just like you know they you can see it you see all the different spinners and stuff I mean you can't even follow it you know what I mean I wanted to slow this video down so you could see it but they don't you can see it right there it's a little off tackle that's but it's like <laughs> but it's all they do is like it's misdirection and like they run it to perfection mm. and when it really clicks when a hole opens up they get massive gains right. massive gains like that, that one right there yeah, yeah. there's a little <laughs> pass play there yeah it was a horrible pass so that there was a wounded duck big time. But this is a nice little sweep right there. I like the old stadiums that just have two pieces of rope keeping the crowd <laughs> the back. Spectators yeah, back. Yeah, see yeah. Bill Hewitt at that left end has got the no helmet on. That's him wow. on the left oh, that's... end. Yep. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, jeez. Yep. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. No helmet. No, you don't want to wear a helmet. Yeah. Eh. It's hot. Helmet, schmelmet. I don't need it. So you can see it. Like there, It's just all these spinners. Like it's He's like a big a, dude. Yeah. So there's like basically four backs. There's a, what that is, there's three backs in the backfield and one wing back. He's like lined up to the far right. And so that and every play that wing comes or comes running across, that's what creates the confusion. Mm-hmm. Is the wing is called a single wing offense. And so mm-hmm. the, the wing back comes to, you know, swing whatever side he starts out on, he always starts he always runs to the left. And then so and then sometimes they give it to him and sometimes they don't. And they'll sometimes right. they'll just dive it up the middle or go to the other direction. There's so many possibilities with this offense. It's like I almost wish I could see this today. Yeah. Because it's like when you're watching this, you almost need to slow it down with like a super slow speed to see who's got it and where it's going because it's almost like the the Bears have to just tackle every player. And then <laughs> I mean that really is what it what it comes down to. But when they but you can see when the hole opens up, they just it's just a I mean there it's a massive gain every time. Hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so I guess I'm trying to sh- the way I was trying to show in these videos. There's one more um, great drive, and the, the the next little section coming up is yeah, um, is great because the players are actually coming towards the camera, so we might have a much better view of of what it looks where, like. Where is this taking place? Okay, University of Detroit. Okay, this okay, this is UD. Yeah. All right. So um yeah so like I say so the big like I say you notice from that first Bears video. You know the the Bears offense. They had their own single wing style too. They would do a little misdirection, but the but the uh, but the Bears was just was power. I mean that was the Bears mentality was power. And the and the Lions were this you know well incredibly disciplined um, you know this machine with all you know misdirection and, <laughs> and change you know change of pace. And you can see when they come up to the line, they come up quick. 
You know, they come right into formation. There's Dutch right there with about an eight-yard well, gain. Back then, there were no audibles that really, there were no signals to your receivers. They would just yeah. get up to the line and run. Well, they knew their plays. They, they were yeah. well-coached, well-disciplined. They knew what they were doing. You can see it. Like, especially, like, these next few plays, take, take a close size at these. Watch the different stuff that happens. The line, like, they just, you're going to see Dutch here do like a, do like a fake, and then it's a, you know, he's going to lateral it to the guy in front. There he goes right there. See? Wow. That's Ernie Cadell right there. He got tackled, but he's going to do another one here in yeah. a second. Watch this next one. This next oh, one goes like for a big game. These guys are. Man. Oh my god! This next one goes for a big game. Look at this next one. Yeah, a little Sweet. shovel pass. Oh no, this is the pass. I'm sorry, I missed that one. Yeah, he goes for the pass. See how close that footage is, though. It's right, the camera's right on it. Yeah. they're in the snow. The snow it looks cold. Like home. Here it is. Right, this is a great little Oops. shot. This is a great shot. They're up. Yeah, spin. See how he spins yeah. into the line. That's what they did all the way up the field. They would spin and like either hand it off during the spin or or, or keep the ball run up to the middle. Here's the sweep I was talking about. This is a great sweep. There's Ernie Cadell right there. Touchdown. Yep. Right in the snow. Yep. See that? It's, uh, but that's that sweep. They ran that. So they, they could either. They, so the Bears had no idea. Here's another. This is, a, this is a dive up the middle. You can see right there. Bam. Pile of it in. I think that was Ace Katowski that ran. Hey, the ref came in. It was a ref. Yeah, it was a ref came in. The ref came in and fell on top of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I just wanted to show like the line. It's yeah. like when you're watching it, you know what I mean? Like. It's so crazy. You can't even really see what's going on. Yeah. And even if you're watching the screen, like anybody that actually clicks on the video and watches the full 26 minutes, um, it's crazy because uh, you can't, even when you're watching the video, it's almost hard to follow what they're doing. Yeah. The balls, mm-hmm. like you see guys crossing, spinning, doing all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see a guy out of nowhere running down the field on the left side of the field. You know, like that, that was their style was misdirection and being incredibly well coached mm-hmm. whereas again the bears were like this like here's the ball here's bronco <laughs> you know and try to bring him down yeah, that was yeah, their, right that was their i mean they, they did some they did some passing and they Good did a luck, little misdirection guys. but the you know it was you know the bear like that's why at one point i said uh bronco nagurski was kind of like the shaquille o'neal of the nfl at the time because like shaquille was like once you got him the ball he was dunking on you. Like he wasn't gonna really pass or anything. He's he's got the ball. He's gonna body you, body you, body you, and yeah. then turn around and jam it. And if you try to block it, he's probably gonna break your arm. You know, like <laughs> that was you know that was Shaquille O'Neal was such a dominant, overpowering center. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like that's you know he there was no really uh, you know he didn't really do any kind of like um razzle dazzle you know <laughs> he's just like i got the ball there's the hoop if you put your arm in front of it your hand your arm and the ball are going in the hoop you know that's how bronco was and so, you know, so that's what i mean so like you know bronco was just such i mean he was i mean he was i mean the, uh, you know hit but that's what but the other thing is interesting is dutch clark who was number seven on that video who yeah. got a ton of those carries he got that interception in the video Dutch Clark, even though he wasn't as big as Bronco, mm-hmm. he was—I mean, he—he he was his equal as far as being a superstar on the field. Right, like he could, you know, interception, you know, constant interceptions, you know, just a stellar defender. Um, he could actually—I mean, he could, you know, make dive tackles on Bronco and stuff like this. He was just an incredibly smart player. And there, yeah, there he is, right there in that um, the American football player mm-hmm. photo. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so Dutch, even though he, it was, a, but so the Lions catered to the superstar that they had, yeah. which was speed. You know, being elusive, um, being smart, you know, playing intelligent football. That's the style that they had. And so, um, so I you know, I wanted to really use this episode to kind of, to, to, you know, to, to, to bring that out to show, you know, we talked about like the genius of Potsy Clark, but, um, I wanted to kind of talk about like what the Lions were, right. you know, like, like who they were. Yeah. And so, um, you know, kind of tee up Tom for the next show. Are there other, uh, individual players? Um, cause we, you know, we talk about Dutch a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, any other interesting characters? Well, the next one that I really wanted to talk about was uh, G- uh, Glenn Presnell. Yeah. So Glenn. So are we going to give Glenn a whole episode? Well, oh, eventually, sure yeah. we will. Sure we will. But right now, it's worth just kind of you know diving in a little okay, bit. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about Glenn Presnell. Um, so like it's it's actually interesting to, you know to talk about Glenn Presnell in the um sort of in like the dynamic between him and Dutch hmm. because it's a really and that's actually how I wrote it into the screenplay was you know that's really the the the, the character arc of the entire Detroit Lions um you know episodes of the movie is this uh is is like this um sort of dual nature you know, like the, they're because they're both players were like Dutch was the elite superstar yeah okay Glenn Presnell he wasn't as good. He was. He was just a shit. He wasn't a superstar, right? But he was a star. Okay. And I mean, like, I mean, he was a star, and he was, and he lived basically in Dutch Clark's shadow. Mm. Um. And and so and so where and so in these two these two guys were completely opposite. That's why, like, that's why I think it was such a great character arc for the for the screenplay because most football movies 
you know, in some way or form have something to do with the quarterback of the team. Right. Sure. Because yeah. he's the star of the team. The quarterback's yeah. always the guy. Often. So there was always one quarterback. Well, in this case, this is a story of two. This is two quarterbacks and the, and because they both played extensively. I okay. mean, they both were, you know, because that, because Potsy, they, they all played both ways, but, um, you know, sometimes Glenn Presnell would be, would be a lot of times they actually start Glenn Presnell and then Dutch and Potsy would get a chance to evaluate what the other team was doing. And then they, when they bring Dutch in, mm-hmm. you know, now all of a sudden Dutch is like, you know, field general, like, you know, right. exploiting all the, well, they don't have those, you know, the, the, the iPads with the instant replay yeah. and, and <laughs> no, no. eight different I mean, views and checking it out paper. while the, uh, the, yeah. You know, so they need to be there watching it. Exactly. And so from that's, the sideline. that's kind of what it was. And so they knew that Glenn Presnell would, you know, get them off to a great start. Yeah. And then when they brought in Dutch, then it would be, you know, game changer. Right. And so, and then they would, but they would still use Glenn Presnell. They would still get him in the field, you know, as a halfback or as a, um, you know, because you could have some, sub- sure. you could have some substitutions. You didn't, they didn't have to play, they didn't have to play Iron Man every game, but there was limited substitutions. Yeah. But anyway, so so it's interesting to talk about really the you know the um I think you know the, um, to talk about the the di- the dynamics of this team mm-hmm. is the first thing to even begin talking about to understand it is is how you is the differences between these two guys is Dutch Clark and Glenn Presnell. So number one, you got Dutch as a superstar, and Glenn Presnell is the star. Mm-hmm. You know, just very great, an equally awesome player. So Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, I suppose that's a fair analogy. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But the, a little bit different. It, it is a little bit, I guess, like that because Kobe was kind of in Shaq's shadow a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But it, I could see. Yeah, that's a good analogy, Matt. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So like a Kobe and Shaq. But so the differences between these two players, as far as uh, is the thing, is that Dutch was like a reluctant superstar. Mm. Like he just liked to play football. He didn't like really necessarily like the adulation that came with it. He didn't like being the marketing guy where they marketed him as the as the, the tie cop of football sure, and all yeah. this. And so he was just like just like he just his interest in football was just playing the game. Like he just loved the game. And so, um, and then whereas uh Presnell, like, you know, living in the shadow of Dutch was something like the you know, that um, even in, there was an interview with him, um, a few years ago. It was like, I mean, not a few years. It was like nine years ago because he was still alive. He was, I think he was, he was at one point, he was the oldest living NFL player. He was like 90 something. And I forgot who exactly the interview was, interview was, but it was for the free press. And it was an interview. You can Google it. It's an interview with the, uh, you know, oldest living player, Glenn Presnell. And even in there, he was like talking about Dutch Clark in there. He didn't say like, Oh, Dutch got all the attention and I didn't get it. He didn't say it like that, but he could see that he was like, I was better at kicking field goals. I was better at uh, passing. I was better at, you know, he, he was comparing himself to Dutch, you know, 80 years later or whatever. He was still talking about how, you know, oh, I could do this and Dutch couldn't even do that. You know, I could, you know, he could, he could kick a field, an extra point, but I could drill 54 yard field goal, which <laughs> is what he did. He set the all time NFL record that lasted until 1960. So, um, so anyways, so, like I say, so you have so you have these two guys that are you know one guy is is no matter like no matter what he wants he's going to be in the, he's in the limelight and then the other guy basically wants to be in the limelight you know, he wants the attention that he's due, um, and then it's, and then in, to, in a little background into the you know, the, the the development of that relationship is that as we mentioned in 1933 which was the Spartans last year in Portsmouth Dutch Clark wasn't with the team. He kept, he, he got a job coach. He retired and he took a coaching job in Colorado. And so while Dutch was gone, Glenn Presnell became the guy on the team. And Glenn Presnell led the league in scoring. The team finished, they finished in second place without Dutch, but still uh, Glenn Presnell was the man. Mm-hmm. And at the end, in 1933, the team was basically about to fracture and break up because they weren't getting paid in Portsmouth. And it was like, you know, Presnell was one of these guys that, you know, with alongside Potsy Clark right. that was like, nah, fellas, we're going to stick it out with Potsy, you know, like we're going to finish this season. We're going to win this, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, um, you know, we're playing for the, you know, this is where the Spartans, we're not breaking up. We're going to play this game even without money, you know, like he was one of, he was like, you know, with Potsy, the glue that kept this team together. And so when the team moved to Detroit in 1934, yeah. the only reason Dutch claimed came back, well, I mean, not the only reason, because he loved playing football, of course, but, um, but it was because the Lions, you know, paid him a, a ton of money to come out of retirement. They t- they made him, if, if he wasn't the uh, highest paid player in the NFL at that point, he was one of the, the highest paid. And so they, um, and so that so they in essence they lured Dutch out of retirement with money. 
And so can you so you can kind of imagine, and I don't this is a little bit of spec this is where we start to get in a little speculation. Yeah. But if you were somebody that was like living in Dutch Clark's shadow for three years, okay, and then you're now all of a sudden you become the man, you're the leader of the team, you kept the team together, you were part of the and he actually was Glenn Presnell was one of the guys that picked the colors for the Lions uniforms. Mm-hmm. Like that's how inter interwoven with this franchise he is. Like he was literally like in George Richard's office and picked, you know, was one of the guys that picked these, you know, jersey colors. Wow. And so, you know, that's how interwoven he is. And then Dutch comes back and all of a sudden, oh, Dutch is back. Oh my God. We're getting yeah. Dutch is back. And all this, everything changes. <laughs> now Dutch is back. Glenn Presnell. Thank God. All we had was Glenn Presnell. You know, all like, right. Glenn, you go get, some, get us some coffee. Yeah. Hey, Glenn, go ahead. You can, so you can, you go on a Starbucks run, Glenn. So you can see, you that's can Timmy's. see that. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, the, Tim Hortons. Yeah. So the speculation, like it's, it's a, it is a little bit of speculation. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, you can imagine how a guy that, you know, was, is, you know, that was like, where's the credit that I, you know, to get, you know, that, that I'm deserved in this mm-hmm. situation or whatever. And, um, and so that's the situation. So every, and so it, it became a recurring theme. Dutch Clark retires at the, at the end of 1932. Dutch Clark retires at the end of 1934. Dutch Clark retires at the end of 1935. Hey, Dutch, how about you make yeah. up your mind? Well, he retired and then they, and then they, you know, gave him a ton of money and yeah, he comes yeah. back, you know, yeah, and so yeah, you can yeah. see. You know, Glenn Presnell's like, I'm not retiring. I got I'm another analogy. I got, I got another wrong. analogy for him. Oh, he's what like, do you got? He's like got? the Brett Favre of the 19. Uh, yeah, you can see that. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Brett, so, Brett Favre. Yeah, so so yes. you so you get the idea. Like, so yeah. this is the dynamic between these guys. Is that you've got you know um you know there's you know there's there's history between them and um there you know there's it's this close knit group of guys and there's you know just like any other close knit group there's um you know there's things that happen between them and stuff so. Like again, I've never read anything that said that he was ever, you know, like didn't like Dutch or anything like this. Yeah, yeah. I never saw anything like that. But you can imagine because you know there's a numerous cases in in um, Presnell's life that he was slighted by during his career. Like in college, um, there was a situation where like he was um basically like uh like he, like he like he won an All American, but like the votes didn't get counted right or something, and so he like so like. He technically was an All-American, but he just wasn't listed anywhere as an All-American. You know what I mean? Like he didn't actually get mentioned anywhere as an All-American. You know, like so he was like in college. So back in the day, like, you know, being an All-American was like everything. If you're an All-American, that was like, you know, you're like a Hall of, you know, that's that's the, the biggest thing you can get. So he was like kind of technically an All-American, okay. but not exactly. You know, like that. So he got kind of slighted in college. And then he go his first his first pro is like basically a semi-pro team, which is an Ironton. Mm. Which is over? It's um, yeah, it's it's sort of in uh, near Portsmouth. I like that name, Ironton. Ironton yeah. yeah. And so he, so he's the quarterback for the Ironton Tanks, which is oh, like this man, which is this like legendary. Like in their day, they were a semi-pro team. They weren't even like fully pro. I, I want never, that T-shirt. Yeah, they were never. Oh, the Iron. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great team name. But they um, but anyways, yeah. they weren't even. They weren't even part of the NFL, and they played. I think it was. I think it was the New York Giants that they because they played the Ironton Tanks played several different NFL teams, and I think I got to take another look in the book, but I think it was the uh, New York Giants that the Ironton Tanks beat, and Glenn Presnell was the quarterback of that team, hmm. and that's what really caught uh, Potsy Clark's attention. And they brought him from Ironton to Portsmouth. Oh, they're 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 jerseys. And so I'm just saying, like, there's killer. like situations where he's always like, you know, why is he on a semi-pro team and not in the NFL? Right. Why didn't he get a jet? Like, why did you know no no other NFL team called him after these? You know, he mm-hmm. beats the Giants. He you know there was another game where he hung with the with the his team hung with the Bears, and he's still not getting an NFL job. You know, and it's and like speaking of attention, Charles Charlotte actually commented for you, and uh, she actually sent you a message. She said, oh, that's love, my mom. Yeah, I love you, Charles. That's my mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's mom, some attention yeah. for you. How you doing, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's always good. She's, she's a number one fan, I think. Yeah. We got a couple of number one fans. We got some good number one fans. We got some, it's tough to say one person or another, but my mom might probably make a pretty good case for that, you know? Oh, so, yeah. um, but anyways, like I say, so yeah, you got these two guys that that's the, that's the dynamic is you've got, you know, it's where it's, you know, Glenn Presnell, you couldn't, you, you could imagine that there's a guy that would feel, you know, somewhat unappreciated for how good he was. And oh, he yeah. was a great player. And um, that's why it's that's you know the count you know the, the, the sort of the discussion of you know who these players were and who the team was sort of begins um, with that. So yeah, I, I just uh, there's the Ireton Tanks jersey. Wow, check Look that, at out. that thing, dude. That is so sweet. Um, so yeah. that's gonna be uh, up on uh, wearing funny. That's awesome. soon. Yeah, <laughs> in case you can't see it if you're on the podcast, the uh, red jersey with the with a. Um, 
a tan T in the middle. Yeah, that's Man. cool. And it's got the little tan strips. And their other one just says tanks. Yeah. Across. <laughs> that's, that is so, uh, I know that's such a great name, the tanks. Like, where's yeah. the, how come nobody uses that nickname? Oh my God. Yeah. That's a great, everybody's fighting for, you know, you know, oh, the Redskins or the Indians. Yeah, the and it's tanks. like, that's it's sweet. like, dump the, dump the racial things yeah. and, and give me a, give me a, give well, me the yeah, tanks. Well, yeah. Why not, why not fish back into, into, you know, NFL history a little bit and brought, bring back some of these that's old teams? That's kind of fierce, man. No, if there's another team that was cool called the Steamrollers. <laughs> Like a cool name, you know. That's called the Steelers now. Yeah. So or the or the or the uh, Yellow Jackets, which is kind of a cool name. The mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets, stuff like that. Those are old NFL teams. That's what I'm saying, like, why not bring some of those names back? Those are kind of cool. So we were talking about the 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 Lions coming from Ohio uh, and starting out as the Spartans, the Sport, uh, Portsmouth Spartans. Yeah. Um, and I was like speculating, well, Michigan State, you know, they're called mm-hmm. the Spartans. I was I'm wondering if it correlated at all, and I actually. That's yeah, a the, question got, that's been plaguing you for several episodes. Did <laughs> you have so some I, kind of resolution I yet? Looked, I looked it okay, up. Okay, good. I of course you did. Yeah, good. I did. did he? Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that's that. That's why I'm knocking on that door again. Uh, so 1925, um, and uh, Michigan State had changed their name, uh, and it became Michigan State uh, Agricultural, Agricultural College, and yeah. something, something. And their teams were, were being called the, the, the Aggies. Okay. So they were calling because the agricultural team. college. Yeah. Sure. So they're calling themselves. They're calling the teams the Aggies, and they they didn't like it. And they it was a year or two after that, and they they wanted to kind of get away from that uh, that image and just be more. And so they did a contest to to pick the name, uh, and and the name that won was Mich- Michigan Staters. Huh. And so that was the name they were going that with. That one? Yeah. That I mean, Michigan... all they did was add an ERS to the Staters. The so they're the Michigan thing. Staters. Hey. But the, uh, <laughs> the reporter at the, the, the Lansing Journal, uh, didn't like it. Well, and, good. And Somebody he's like, he said it was, hold on a second. Are we sure we want to <laughs> let the fans decide on this? Well, it reminds me of a circus. I, it yeah, was like, too are long. Are we sure we want to let the fans make this decision? Why don't we just step in and sway the vote a little hey, bit? I, he wanted something more heroic. And uh, so he went through, and it was still it was still a fan suggestion, but they didn't make note of who suggested it was, and they went with the Spartans. Oh, okay. So great. the reporter. What was the year that? Uh, nineteen twenty-five. Okay, so, that's so before it was prior the to yep. yeah. Yep. So it was so prior to Portsmouth. Yep. So yeah. So that uh, nice. I like that. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah. So no, but I, I was gonna out. say like I'm glad they didn't just straight up go with the fan vote because they're like staters. Yeah, they're Michigan like, staters. Yeah, <laughs> no. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see all the girls with that tattooed around their foot. Yeah, the, you see a lot ERS. of girls with the just because they ERS staters. Spartans tattooed on yeah. their feet. I think there's like three women I teach with that have like Spartan tattoos. On yeah, their feet. <laughs> like I say, sometimes just the, you know it might seem like a good idea, you know, like the <laughs> fan vote or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad somebody stepped in and goes. No, hold on a second. Let's pump the brakes on this one real quick because the fans, like, maybe they don't. Okay, maybe they're cut. They might be having a joke with us or something, <laughs> man. Because that's you know, it, uh, no, it's, I like the name. So yeah, that was a good, that was a solid choice. But yeah. um, no, so we know, so now we know that the answers the question that has been vexing you that for is. several weeks now. Got off, my and I wasn't butt. going to look. It into did, it. I did sorry. a little research. I spent, some, I spent ten years writing these, working on it, <laughs> Daniel. Like that was you're yours. Like, you're like, no, it's only like five more minutes to go look at. Us. I'm like, no, nope, that's that on one. You. That's you know on. What? Totally on you. We You've done to, enough research, yeah, Charles. You, Matt, you don't need to do you. anymore. Let yeah. Jamie do his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I turned this over to Jamie. Put this in his very capable hands. That is. I got uh, it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So we want to thank everybody for hanging out with us uh, again. If you haven't subscribed, please uh, subscribe. Leave a comment uh, wherever you're listening, either YouTube or Facebook or whatever uh, podcast downloading site you're yeah, connected we're everywhere. with us. So you can listen to us or watch yeah. us anywhere. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for uh, all the amazing stories. Yeah, I love being here, man. This is fun. I, lo- I look forward to it. It's like it's, and, uh, I actually have it on my schedule now. It's like literally scheduled. There's not even perfect. A- I mean, it's, it's like, like going to church, man. Yeah. Matt, just, thanks yeah, for like uh, pushing our buttons day. all the time yeah. and getting us all the help uh, from the booth back there, man. Yeah, thanks. Matt runs a tight ship. Ah, here, it's man. a pleasure, fellas. Got Thank you for having smooth. me. Here. Yeah. All right, we're going to do it again uh, next week. It's Detroit City of Champions, the podcast.